Welcome to the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. It's kind of weird here. I just saw a witch under a house. Have we slipped through a wormhole? Or are we in are we experiencing uh what was the name of it? Shoot the uh the uh interdimensional beings. Have you heard this talk? <laughs> You'll find a witch under your house and her feet will curl up. Maybe your feet will curl up when you hear that news. Also, uh the Blaze has just found a new interesting little fact about the January 6th pipe bombs. Yeah. Hmm. Is that a short little person that's part of the lollipop guild? Yeah. It gets weirder and weirder. And then the two Navy SEALs who have been lost at sea. Uh Uh-huh. We'll get to that in 60 seconds. Cybercrime is the gift that keeps on giving even after you get what they've taken back, if you get it back. You can still be looking at damaged credit rating, compromised on uh, uh, employment background checks, things that, you know, you might not even be able to pay the bills on time because of these things. And then that piles up and piles up. It's so much better to have LifeLock. Look, nobody can stop all cybercrime, but it's getting very, very sophisticated and very dangerous for the average person because your information is everywhere. This is why I trust LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock will detect and alert you to threats that you may not spot on your own, but you know, somebody takes out a loan in your name, okay, that's pretty easy to track if you're if you're uh, LifeLock and Norton, but they might miss something because it's constantly evolving and changing. This is where the rubber meets the road with LifeLock. If you do become a victim of identity theft, they have a dedicated US restoration specialist. U.S.-based. Their work to fix it. LifeLock. Get your first year with 25% off with the promo code BECK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BECK at LifeLock.com. LifeLock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK. Oh, where do we start? Let me start with some good news. May I? Uh, The New York Stock Exchange has withdrawn a rule that some have said would have illegally implemented a radical environmentalist agenda and harmed national security. Yesterday, the New York Stock Exchange announced that it would be withdrawing a proposed rule to the Security and Exchange Commission that would have created a listing entity called Natural Asset Company. A natural asset company would be empowered to control private and public lands by capturing the intrinsic and productive value of nature. And they'd be able to block things like logging, herding, uh, having cattle, growing things, having people on the land, and of course, drilling. The proposed rule was opposed by a coalition of over 2,000, or sorry, two dozen uh, Republican attorneys general and state financial officers who warned that the rule would be used to push liberal, liberal political agendas. Republicans also said that so foreign entities would be able to purchase and control what happens on public lands and private lands by designating it an NAC. It's Marlo Oaks and this audience that I believe get the credit. 
Marlo Oaks brought this. He's the Utah Republican treasurer. He brought this to my attention, uh, what, right before Christmas? And they were supposed to decide on January 2nd. You mobilized. You called your senators and your, uh, you know, your state officials and government officials in Washington, and they acted. Um, I again another huge, huge win caused by you. So thank you for everything that you have done. Now let's keep our eye on them because the New York Stock Exchange withdrew the rule. They didn't want to get ruled against, so they withdrew their application. And uh, let's see if they repackage it in any way. Keep your eye on this. Now, there's a couple of stories here that I find eh, puzzling and interesting. Two Navy SEALs were lost at sea. Okay, you don't hear that very often, but it happens. Two U.S. Navy SEALs were lost at sea on a mission targeting Iranian weapons and the deliveries to the Houthis in Yemen. Uh, the nighttime mission ended with the seizure of a small sailing boat that was transporting advanced lethal aid to the Yemeni rebel groups as part of its campaign uh, of attacks against international merchant shipping. The SEALs had been reported missing in the days following the mission. The SEALs had been reported missing in the days following the mission which took place on the 11th of January off the coast of Somalia. Its purpose had not been revealed when it was announced. The two seals are still lost at sea. Now, let me ask you something. They're continuing an exhaustive search for our missing teammates. They were on this uh, interdiction mission. They were climbing onto this sailboat. When, according to the Pentagon, one was knocked off by the high waves, the second seal then jumped in after the first following protocol. And they're both missing, presumed dead. Now, let me just point out a couple of things that even I know about Navy SEALs. First of all, they're pretty good swimmers. They, as part of their training, have to tread water for like two hours. It's some crazy amount of time that they're just dumped out into the ocean. They, they, you know, they're thrown out of an airplane and then they're dumped out in the ocean and they have to tread water. So they're good at treading water. But here's the craziest thing. They also have little beacons on their suits. So if they're lost at sea, we can find them because they have a little tracking beacon on their suit. Now, maybe they weren't wearing that tracking beacon. Maybe these were the two Navy SEALs that can't tread water. But I'd like more information. And I'd also like our president to even acknowledge that we lost two Navy SEALs. It'd be nice. Could we? Could we acknowledge that if they were lost on a mission? I have no idea what happened. And it could be exactly the way the government is reported. But I'm sorry. The purveyor of 
mis- and disinformation, the largest global purveyor of fake information, is the United States government at this point. I don't trust a damn thing they say, and you shouldn't. Let me give you this story. This broke yesterday uh, from The Blaze. Blaze Media can now reveal that the person who discovered the pipe bomb at the Democratic National Committee headquarters in Washington, D.C. on January 6th was a United States Capitol Police plainclothes officer. Now, let me ref- let me refresh you on this. There were two pipe bombs that were found on January 6th. The FBI, with all of their resources, all of the surveillance video, cannot find who. Who planted those bombs? Luckily, one was found by a passerby, the first one, at the RNC headquarters. Some woman apparently ran in and said, I think there might be a pipe bomb in the alley. And they were like, oh, we've got to call the police. The police came and said, yes, it's a pipe bomb. But it didn't go off. In fact, the details that we have show that it probably wasn't really designed to go off. But it had like that kitchen timer. Then, just a few minutes later, another passerby was walking by a park bench right in front of the DNC headquarters. And they spotted what they thought was a pipe bomb. And so they immediately ran in and said, hey, I think I found a pipe bomb. And the Secret Service freaked out. They went out and then they started, they gathered that pipe bomb. They're like, look, John, it is a pipe bomb. And the other guy was like, Tom, that's crazy. I wonder who put that there. Should we get the vice president out? No, let's leave her inside. Okay, so, so far, I've got quite a tale, I'm telling you. Now, let me add something else. Um, All of the text traffic and all of the, um, the diary, if you will, that the Secret Service keeps on... January 6th, it was all accidentally deleted. Damn it. Did I push delete? I didn't mean to do that. I deleted all of it. Ah, crap. So they can't tell us exactly what happened. They can't tell us exactly why Kamala Harris left. She was at the Capitol waiting for the, um, you know, waiting for the you know, the, the vote on the, the presidency to finalize that. She was supposed to be there. Remember, she's a member of the Senate, too. She's the tiebreaker. But she was suddenly called away, and nobody can recall why. And she had to go to the DNC headquarters. Why? We don't know. Probably something very important, though. And so the Secret Service rushed her in, got her in. They did a check of the whole area. They didn't find a pipe bomb. But this passerby, who just is a passerby, he found a pipe bomb. Secret Service couldn't. But the passerby found it because it was sitting right there in a way that it looked like it was meant to be discovered. Well, we've tried to find out who this guy is, this passerby, this innocent guy who had a sharp eagle eye and found that sitting on the sidewalk right in front of the park bench all by himself. 
found out who he was. Um, he was a D.C. Metro police officer. Now, why wouldn't the D.C. Uh, or Capitol uh, police officer, why wouldn't everyone want you to know that it was a police officer that found that instead of just a passerby? It would lend more credibility, wouldn't it, Stu? It wasn't just some some old lady that's like, I think that's a pipe bomb. It's got a timer on it. No, no, no. This is a credible, this is a D.C. cop. Right. Like you can see a couple of officers sitting there. Some random person comes up, maybe not appearing credible. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a bomb over there. Oh, okay. All right. Thanks, sir. Appreciate mm-hmm. that. But if it's a D.C., or, uh, it was Capitol Police Officer, right? Capitol uh, Police yeah. Officer, plain clothes. Yep. You'd think, okay, well, this person's very credible. We better get the vice president out of here immediately. Right. Now, here's what happened. We now know that the United States Capitol Police plainclothes officer walked by, just happened to look down there on the sidewalk, and there was the pipe bomb. So he walked a full 20 feet to the SUV of the Secret Service. And he knocked on the passenger window and then talked to him for a while. And then casually walked around to the driver's side and they rolled it down and they talked some more. And what he said was, hey, right over there, about 20 feet from where we're sitting, I found a pipe bomb. Now, Secret Service, what do they do? Of course, they jump out. They call the bomb squad. They get one of those little robot things to pick it up so it doesn't go off and kill somebody. And they get the the first thing they do is they get Kamala Harris away from the area. It's 20 feet away from her motorcade. Oh, what a close call that was. Except that's not what they did. They left Kamala Harris in the building. And, um, you know, before they took a look at that pipe bomb, they finished their lunch in the car. I mean, do we know where the lunch came from? I mean, no, sometimes I they're... Look, know. dude, it's hot. I, I mean, I've had cold lunches all week. This is the only time we've had to eat our lunch and while it's still hot. And if it could be something like off the Taco Bell craveable menu. Could be. It just could be something so delicious. Could they were like, be. Eh. But there it was, 15 to 20 feet away from the bomb, and they, they fed their face first. It's weird. It is weird. It's a weird decision. Yeah. And uh, a weird that the the Capitol Police and the uh, congressional hearings didn't include the fact that that was a police officer. They just said it was a passerby. They could never get the name, never get the name, never get the name. Well, Blaze got the name. Finally, we got the name. Haven't released the name yet. Oh, but it's coming. Hmm. Interesting. So another weird kind of thing that hasn't happened in my lifetime has happened again. Wow, we've fallen into a wormhole. Peace of mind can be really hard to find given the troubled times we live in. Jeez, there's there's more of that disinformation. We're living in troubled times. Please give me a break. There's no reason to prep, okay? That's crazy talk. Um, I will tell you that, um, yeah, paint me crazy. I'm I'm prepping uh, and I'm I've gone a step further. Jace Medical. Jace Medical is a group that I met a couple of years ago and they offer the Jace case, 
which is the first thing that you should have. Five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You have them at home. So if you're on vacation or something, God forbid, happens and, you know, medication is hard to get already, uh, some prescription antibiotics are not available. Not available. Okay. So what are you going to do? Well, you have it at your house. Also, it's customizable with dozens of add-on medications. Your family can choose the ones that best fit you for your family's needs. They even have ivermectin now as an add-on option. But you can get gift cards so your rest of your family can do it. But you can get all the medication that your family needs, a year's supply in your home. JaceMedical.com, J-A-S-E Medical.com. Enter the promo code PREPARED at checkout. You'll get a discount on your order. It's JaceMedical.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Weird, weird stuff. A doctor was suspended by a medical college after an argument with a woman who wanted to become a man as was requesting requesting testosterone injections. The doctor said, despite the male pronouns and testosterone injections, the patient would indeed remain a woman. The college declared the doctor must adhere to the patient's preferred gender identity. Well, that's fine. This is a doctor. Uh, He has 700 patients in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. He has been seeing the unnamed woman for at least four years before their confrontation in 2022. During the appointment, the woman reportedly asked for a prescription for testosterone, citing that she had already been using male pronouns. Doctor noted that he had never helped a patient transition into a man and issued a warning to the woman that testosterone therapy could make her more aggressive. The patient disputed that claim and told the doctor that his opinions were based on stereotypes. She was then offered testosterone gel but demanded injections as a faster means to masculinize. The patient also allegedly made a recording of Dr. Brer in which he insisted that she would still be genetically a woman. He insisted she would still genetically be a woman even after treatments. The doctor reportedly said a genetic analysis of the patient would show that she had two X chromosomes rather than the XY of a man. Glad they got this doctor out of there. You know what I mean? She's telling her, telling this woman that taking injections of testosterone could make her more aggressive. What kind of quackery is that? That the testosterone injection won't actually change her genetic makeup. Cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. Doctor then reportedly told her the patient that believing she is a man was in your brain, uh, a patient until today, but you were a woman, dear madam, he apparently remarked. Uh, good thing. Good thing he's out. Did you see this exchange? I think it was on X, Twitter, whatever it's called. And they, someone was like, well, what is a woman? It was one of those typical exchanges. Yeah. And some left-wing activist jumped in and said, a woman is someone who says they're a woman, period. This is easy. 
No, that's that's like, not a woman. No, I, no it's no. like a hundred. What? I mean, like apply that. What's the limiting principle to that? If she says she's a cow, if she says she's then an, she's an orange peel, then she's an orange peel. Right. Like th- there's no limiting principle. Mm-hmm. Nothing means mm-hmm. anything in this world. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. If you go down this road. Wow. That's interesting that you might say that because uh, that's exactly where we're where we're finding ourselves oh. now. Oh, good. Words have absolutely no meaning. Truth cannot be discovered because there is no truth. Mm. Uh, good thing uh, the world is starting to turn around. Is it? Yeah, it is. It actually is. There are some good things happening, and the truth is slowly being restored, but there are more and more people standing up. Glenn Beck. We should probably stand together, otherwise they'll eat each one of us one at a time. Um, You're either going to stand for something, or you're going to fall for anything. That is where we're at. Stand for something or fall for anything. When and where you can, you should always do business with companies that share your values. You and I are part of a movement dedicated to creating a parallel economy, one where it's a marketplace of ideas, good services, and the companies don't sell out to the woke mob. I mean, if they really believe that, fine. I don't want to do business with them. I want you to strongly consider switching your phone service to Patriot Mobile today. Now, if I was a leftist progressive, I would say you shouldn't have a choice but anything except Patriot Mobile. But see, we believe in giving people a choice to passionately defend God-given constitutional rights and freedoms and glorify God always. That's the choice of Patriot Mobile. Join now. Save PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. And head over to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The code is Glenn30. Save 30 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's... Uh, we got to show you the video of uh, the president trying to jog yesterday. He jogs. Well, no, he takes a quick step and then he stops and then he takes another quick step like he's jogging. And then he just goes, I got a new hat. It was a proud, proud moment for the United States of America. Um, today, releasing on our podcast for Blaze TV subscribers, something you do not want to miss, something that is very rare. Uh, I got a two hour interview uh, with Tony Robbins. I went to his house. It's an amazing house. Went to his house and uh, we just talked about the state of the world and how do we get through it? How do we prepare? Uh, It is a fascinating conversation that I think will do a lot of good with a lot of people. But here's Tony talking about the seasons that are changing and the season that we're in. Listen. When we figured out seasons, one distinction, humanity changed. Because we went from planting and not working and saying we have to hunt around to, no, no, if you plant in the spring, only in the spring, take care of it through the summer, reap in the fall and keep some of that for the winter, you can stay in one place, you don't have to live in fear. It changed, it created communities, countries, it created the world as we know it today. One distinction, well, those same seasons happen in your life, they also happen in history. So think about it. 
if you think about times when it's been, people have been extremely optimistic and the country feels optimistic. That's not now, right? <laughs> you know, as we clearly know, right. right? And people kind of work together. I'll give you an example I love to give people. I think I shared this when you were at my seminar. If you think of somebody, and you don't have to know a lot about history, just try this. If you're born in 1910, and if you don't know your history, someone born in 1910, those first 19, 20 years, pretty well protected. So World War I happened, they didn't go to war, they were protected by their parents. They, they, there was some tough times, but someone's taking care of you. Some people better than others, but still better. But guess what? They grew through a time of the Roaring Twenties. They're 10 years old in the Roaring Twenties, 12, 14. And they were looked down on by older generations, just like baby boomers and some Xers look down on millennials and Zs right now. Mm -hmm. They got it so easy, they don't know what hard is. And there's some truth to it, yeah. because they haven't been through the war. They haven't right. gone through those things, right? They so didn't they, have to go out and pump their own water. No. They didn't have to get blocks of ice <laughs> exactly to keep right. things cool. Yeah, no, they don't have to do all that. They don't yeah. have to go out and farm their own food and right. so forth, right? Working right. all day and all night. So what happened was those kids, think about it. All this technology happened just like now in a short period of time. Radio, television, cars, airplanes, boom, 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 within a few decades. And what are they thinking? I'm going to party. It's the roaring 20s. I'm going to have the time of my life. And right when they turn 19 and think that's about the time that's going to happen is 1929. And these weak kids had to get strong to survive. And what happened? Well, people jumped out of buildings, people are standing in bread lines, the Midwest is a dust bowl. It was rough. Now, it wasn't rough every moment. When we say it's winter time, we're in Florida, it's kind of stormy outside today, but most days here it's 74, yeah. 76 degrees, nice and sunny and beautiful. So winter's different. And even then during the depression, it wasn't constant problems. Stock market crashed three years later, jumped up, dropped again. But the overall theme in winter is fear. Everybody's fearful and they overreact to those things, right? So what was their reward for making it through 10 years of depression? By the time they're 29, it's 1939. Congratulations, World War II. <laughs> and you and I weren't alive then. But the people then, it didn't look like we were going to win. I mean, Hitler was strafing countries. If you didn't think that was the possibility of even Jesus returning, you know what I mean? <laughs> Without it, a doubt. It was evil and dark. Evil. If you're Lenin, you're being bombed upon, yeah. and Churchill's using his voice to keep people in the game. Yeah, and, yeah. And it, it's a time that nobody who's alive today really fully understands, unless mm -hmm. they're, really, they're really old and managed to make it through that time. But those people fought through that, and they became what America calls the greatest generation because they got strong by being tested for 20 years of their life. It was not easy. They come home and they're the heroes. And we have a new season. What follows winter? Thank God, springtime, always. Some winters are long, some are short, some are easy, some are hard, but you never go from fall rewards, easy, straight to springtime. You gotta right. go through winter. What, they go through winter and they come back and we've got 17, 18 years of optimism overall, meaning, my gosh, America's a great place. You fought in the war, you're a hero, we'll give you VA loan, you've got a house, we're gonna have this new technology, you're gonna have a different quality of life. Think about 1945 to the time that John F. Kennedy was killed, 1963, those 17 years. Camelot, optimism, there's challenges, but overall, it's an amazing time. unbelievable time. But then he gets killed, John F. Kennedy, then Robert Kennedy, Martin Luther King, and you go through the hot summer that you can see in every season, every 80 years, you see it like clockwork, these 20 year cycles where the theme becomes frustration and anger and fighting, usually between generations at that point. And we go through this new set of values. And so think about, say the 60s and 70s, if you can remember them, they say you weren't there, I don't know, <laughs> you know drugs, compared to the 80s, 90s, 2000s. Very different value very systems. Different. Why? Because the kids that were protected, the baby boomers, they came right. back, these heroes, they had 
lots of sex and lots of kids, right. and this huge boom, and they wanted their kids to have it better than they did. So they overprotected them, told them how smart they were, you're gonna go to college. And when they got there, since they didn't have to work at anything, a lot of them used drugs, overdid it, a lot of them protested things, but they haven't done anything yet. And so there's a lot of fighting. If you ask people, they've asked for the last 50 years in universities, one question, this test goes on and on, and the question is, which is more important to you, you think, for your life? Developing a philosophy of life that makes you happy, or the pragmatic skills so you'll have financial security or freedom? What do you think 82% of the people said in the 60s and 70s? Money. Or no, uh, the, the opposite. That's right. Yeah. What do you think the answer was in the 80s and 90s and 2000s? Money. That's right, because those ex-generation kids their parents, boomers, were into their world and their life and changing the world, they didn't pay attention to their kids as much. If you saw the movies in those days, it was kids were like Rosemary's Baby. It was Exorcist, <laughs> right? right? But in the 80s and 90s, it's three men and a baby. It's baby on board. Right. Because that X generation had to fend for themselves, come home, turn on the right. TV, figure things out. They, they grew up differently. Not every person, but they were latchkey yeah, yeah. kids, right? So they were more pragmatic, right? Now, they didn't want their kids to be that way, so guess what they did those millennial kids, including some books? They spoil them rotten. They go and fight for their... They, mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine my parents coming to my professor and <laughs> arguing about my grades or micromanaging where I'm going to be or helicopter parenting. I, I, I'd go berserk. I also couldn't imagine staying home. We have more people from the ages of 20 to 35 living at home right now than any time in history, including the Depression. And it's like, why should I go? Mom makes my food. And I got a great place to stay. Don't have any overhead. So the generations are raised differently. You and I might be individually different than our generation, mm -hmm. but the overall themes are there. So we've gone through the reaping times of, guess what? Credit's cheap. Everything, you go through the mm -hmm. spring, the summer, and now we're in winter. And winter where people see things like it's going to end. We're going to have a third world war. You know, the whole thing is going to be done. And we've always had those risks, but they're interpreted differently through the psychology of the season. It is a fascinating conversation. He's obviously going through the fourth turning. Uh, he's read it uh, a lot and understands. And he is he's making the point in this podcast, at least in this part of the podcast, that depending on how you prepare and how you look at winter will mean uh, the difference between uh, surviving and thriving. You don't have to be part of the class that is completely wiped out and freaked out and living in fear. He's saying, take the bull by the horns, understand the season you're in, and then find the ways to make it work for you and your family to survive. But fear will kill all of that. It's a fascinating conversation with a guy who has um, changed my family's life in ways you cannot imagine. Um, I, I wouldn't have even thought it was possible. Um, and he's very quick to always correct me and say, no, 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 I didn't change. Everybody who uh, came in the family wanted to change, wanted that change. And he said, I just showed you how to do it, but you made all the change yourself. Um, he's very, he's, he does not like being considered a guru, you know, or, or somebody's life coach. That's, that's not what he does. Um, it, but he teaches these principles that I think are universally true and really important at this time in the seasons. Yeah, it's interesting to, th to think about that the way he was with generations too, about 
how the parents react and how that affects the kids and how that affects those kids as they turn into parents. And of course, these are generalities. When you're talking about a generation, there's a lot of individuals made up of those, uh, make up those groups. But I mean, it does kind of track, right? I mean, it does Mm -hmm. sort of seem that way, that it does seem that like, you know, Generation X people sort of more... I don't know, pragmatic, you know, and then you see not necessarily out there to save the world, and but they are maybe certainly more attentive. Uh, Z is to the kids completely in, in different, not always positive ways, right? Yeah. Like the helicopter parenting thing seems yeah. to be an issue. Yeah, um, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, it is. It is, and the Generation Z is the hero generation now. Generation Z. So this is the one. Okay, so it goes millenniums, millennials, then Generation Z, right? And then the what is it? Alpha. The new one's Alpha. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I don't know. But it's the uh, the the current generation. I think it's Z. Might be Alpha, but Alpha's that, the. I think fourteen is the oldest Alpha. If okay. you're fourteen years old, so these are kids. Yeah. So the the um, probably part of Z and Alpha are going to be the hero generation they're the ones that are going to be tested what's fascinating is if you if you know anything about history in in 1929 uh everybody thought their kids were worthless they were like they grew up without farming without any of this they're worthless when you got to world war ii the the adults said they're weak they've never been tested they'll never be able to do this and they're the ones who just grew up fast because they had to. And they become the hero generation. So whenever you hear people, you know, talking down about the teenagers of today or the 20 somethings of today, be careful because those that is the hero generation. And, and this is a cycle that goes way back to ancient Egypt. I mean, it, they've tracked this thing way, way, way back for centuries and this 80-year cycle continues to show itself. The question is, do you survive in a, this is called a we cycle, where it's all about the collective? Bad guys, you know, you don't build uh, dictatorships in a me society because everybody's like, screw you, I'm not following you, I'm doing my thing because it's me, 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 me. So you can't cobble together that that uh, that Hitler style thing, but you can in this season and we've always missed it. We barely missed it last time with FDR, but we've always missed it because we had the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and people understood it. Now, the question is, do we understand it enough to save it? This is the this is where populism becomes bad. Populism, without the moral and, uh, and philosophical underpinnings of what we did in the American Revolution, without those things, populism becomes very dangerous. It becomes France. It's a popular uprising. But there's no direction. There's no, what are we fighting for? That was the reason why the Declaration of Independence was so important. It clearly outlined what we were fighting for and what we were fighting for was a real change in freedom and and uh, uh, self-regulation and self-government. Now, if it becomes popular, 
that's great. If it's just popular to burn things down, that's bad. But it's our choice, and the ones who will really be fighting it are our kids, the next hero generation. By the way, you can get that podcast uh, today. For the next couple of days, it's just exclusively for Blaze TV subscribers. If you're a subscriber to Blaze TV, make sure you get the podcast. It's Tony Robbins this week. Two hours, longest podcast we've ever done. Uh, And it will come out for everybody else on Saturday. You don't want to miss it. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the company that I started with my brother, um, I don't know, five years ago or 10. I I have no idea of time anymore. Um, But if you are looking to buy or sell a house, you need the best real estate agent you can find. These are the people that my company works with, realestateagentsitrust.com. Number of years ago, I was tired of dealing with, you know, mediocre agents and me not knowing how to tell the difference. And I started working with the 500 best real estate agents in the country, according to the Wall Street Journal. And I learned a lot. And there is a way where you can figure out who's good, who's not, who has the best business practices, who has the best advertising for your home, who's already drummed up all of the business that's waiting for your home, and who can negotiate the best price on both sides of the deal. Realestateagentsitrust.com. You go there, tell us where you're buying and selling. Could be across the street or across the country. We'll help you find the right real estate agent. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Free service. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Constitution Wealth is the Patriot's choice in wealth management. Uh, if you are the type of person who's like, you know, I'm not buying Bud Light anymore. I'm not going to, I'm not going dealing with Disney properties anymore. I'm, I'm done with that. If you're going down that road, why would you invest your retirement funds in those same businesses when you could be aligning your investment money with your values? This is why you want Constitution Wealth. They can help you build a solid investment plan Uh, Because you still have to retire someday and you need to be building up the portfolio as wisely as you can. They understand this and they know how to do this and give you great returns, but they can also help reduce your investments in stuff like ESG and DEI and all the stuff that you are against. And whether, no matter what it is, they can help customize a portfolio for you to help you avoid the things you don't want to invest in. Because I think, you know, we talk about ESG all the time. It can be hard to figure out how to avoid that stuff. They can help you with this. You can reduce your investments in woke corporations and, of course, help fight the culture war, help uh, increase the parallel economy. This is your opportunity to help that. And you can work with an investment firm comprised of professionals who are patriots just like you. Work with an advisor who shares your conservative patriotic values. Why would you go anywhere else? Uh, Go with with the Constitution Wealth. You're going to love these guys. ConstitutionWealth.com slash stew. Sign up for a free consultation today. It's ConstitutionWealth.com slash stew. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. I have to play something that happened in Davos yesterday that is unexplainably good. Um, This is the, the head of J.P. Morgan Chase. The CEO, Jamie Dimon, listen to what he says when everybody's starting to talk down about Trump and MAGA. Listen to this. Cut nine. When people say MAGA, 
they're actually looking at people voting for Trump and they think they're voting and they're basically scapegoating them that you are like him. Uh, and but I don't think they're voting for Trump because of his family values. And if you look, just take a step back, be honest. He's kind of right about NATO, kind of right about immigration. Mm-hmm. He grew the economy quite well. China, Trade, China ta- virus. Tax reform worked. Mm-hmm. He was right about some of China. I don't th- I don't like no, what he did. No, I said China virus. Yeah, I understand. He, yeah. he may have been right. He, he, and I don't like how he said things about Mexico. I don't like. But he wasn't wrong about some of these critical issues. And that's why they're voting for him. And, and I think people should be a little more respectful of our fellow citizens. And when you guys have people up here, you should, have, you should always ask the why. Not like it's a binary thing. You're supporting right. Trump. You're not supporting Trump. Why are you supporting Trump? It's hard to Trump? hate 75 million of your fellow Americans. And it's, I, I agree. It's done quite well. And, you know, the it. Democrats have done a pretty good job with the deplorables, not, hugging onto their Bibles and their beer and their guns. I mean, really, like, could we just stop that stuff and actually grow up and treat other people with respect and listen to them a little bit? That happened at Davos. Jamie Dimon, who is on record not liking Donald Trump at all. Finally, an adult in the room. The Glenn Beck Program.